What's up, fam, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 120. Woo! Yes, we Woo-hoo! do still do this. Um, we're back. We are, yeah, we are recording on Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. Today, this is John Swanson. I'm joined by uh, my friend Chris Salty Sternum Stern. How are you doing, man? The salt poureth over. Yeah. It, it runneth off of my salty, salty <laughs> skin. Um, I'm great. I'm, I'm just happy to be back recording and yeah, it is fun. This I feel energized time. after our month off. Yeah. I was like giddy this morning, uh, when I realized that we were going to do this because it's one, it's been so long since we've done it. And then, uh, I don't know. I was just excited to talk about video games. I feel like I haven't done it for such a long time that, um, I miss it a lot, you know? Yeah, we're gonna be super rusty at talking about video games today. Nah, I don't. I don't feel like I will be because I talk about it in my head like all day long. So, um, anyway, let's get in the lowdown. We're gonna talk. I don't. Chris and I don't really know what we're gonna talk about because when you play a lot of video games and you don't talk about them on the podcast that you run for three weeks, turns out you compile a long list of uh, video games. I also had the Rona, so I was out. Um from work for 10 days and outside of the three to four days of feeling like absolute trash that just left me like on the couch playing a bunch of video games when I wasn't sleeping and sweating profusely um, and worried I was going to die. So yeah, I compiled quite the list of video games, but before that, let's get into the lowdown. If you want to be part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can hit us up on Twitter at MN gamers podcast. If you don't use Twitter, you can send an email to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. You can also go visit our website, which I think is still up, probably. I don't know. I haven't visited it for a while, but I'm guessing it's still there, um, which is mostlynormalgamers.com. Sign up for our newsletter, which we probably will do an end of the year one, don't you think, Chris? Goatee? A goatee one, maybe for January. Yeah. Goatee special. Yeah, look forward to that. You can go to our website to sign up or mngamers.substack.com to find back issues. Oh, and we do have the voicemail too, which is still exciting. 507-291-2991. I got a, uh, the first, um, what do you call those? Like trolling call, the oh, spam, spam voicemail. Call. Yeah. So that was exciting. The cool well, thing about I, Google voicemail, man, is you can read them. You oh yeah. Have, well, you I just read you through the yourself. ones that are fake. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that are fake, our website is still up. Oh, great. Can confirm. Awesome. Uh, Chris, let's get on to what we've been playing. What have you been playing? <sighs> Xbox Game Pass, for the most part, has kind of been my my crutch, my go-to during the month-long little gamer hole I've been in. Um, I have a couple quick hits first. Um, I checked out the game The Artful Escape, um, which I think was showcased in one of the Xbox um, events. Uh, It seems like a pretty small indie game. It's about music and relationships with um, legacy of of people in your family and how you live up to those things. Um, It's like a side-scrolling narrative game for the most part. I played just through like the introduction sequence of it. Um, And you're a young dude who's um, uncle is basically the universe's version of Bob Dylan, it looks like. And you have your first ever show performing at a festival that is there to like honor your uncle. Um, and your uncle is like a big folk musician, but you, you know, you're supposed to play folk music, but in your heart, you want to shred out in like cosmic rock and roll. And uh, you get visited by aliens. Um, the writing seems really sharp. The art's really beautiful. And I didn't stick with it. <laughs> are, did you fall off it like for good or are you going to go back to it? I still have it installed. This is my new like system with game passes. If the game's installed on my Xbox still, it means I probably want to go check it out again. If it gets deleted to make up more space, it means I'm going to just assume that I'm not going to go back. Um, I ended up deleting unpacking to make some more hard drive space. Um, I just didn't really feel the need to go back to it. Um, even though I think it's probably, I was probably a third of the way through the game just cause I think it's really short. 
Um, I still think it's really smart. I just didn't want to spend my time playing it. Um, so and then the last I'm... one um, that I didn't even have to install because I they you know they put out XCloud on console over the last uh, month or so. Um, so I was actually able to play streaming this game called XO One. I don't know if you maybe have seen. It's been getting some coverage from like Kotaku and places like that. I haven't. Um, you play as a weird alien spaceship that's an orb, and um, the controls are left trigger and right trigger. And basically, like, it's a physics and momentum based game where you're on these alien planets and there's all of these slopes and you hold down R to like increase gravity and then let go of it to release gravity. But then you can also, I believe, hold L to flatten your sphere into a disc. And so by combining those two things of like drastically increasing gravity as you go down an incline, releasing gravity as you go up uh, incline, you shoot into the air and then you flatten into a disc and you fly as like a flying saucer. And then you can like combine, once you get high in the air, you can then nosedive to build up momentum and break back out into that flattened surface and just get like super high speed. Um, so it's, what's the goal? The goal is it's, it's got a narrative. Um, you're basically just like traveling from one part of a level to another and it's it's almost like a 3D platformer, I guess. Um, there's like a couple collectibles in each level. Like um, the the visuals are just gorgeous too. I would highly recommend like um, finding a, a YouTube trailer uh, of this game XO One E X O O N E, just because it it looks like a spaced out trapper keeper come to life. Um, <laughs> And so I, I was really jamming on it. Like I, I played through a big chunk of it all in one sitting one night, like couldn't really get pulled away from it just because that mechanic is so satisfying and you start getting up to these like really high speeds. Um, and each level kind of introduces a new challenge. Like one level is all water. One level has like a mix of different environments and like you need to reactivate this thing before you get off so you have to go to different areas of it um and then like you get to this area that seemed like the final level and i was like going around playing on it and it's like a big forested level and the game like puts you in a cage that you have to roll around in and it immediately killed the fun for me um and i like between being in the cage and like not really knowing what the objective for that level was i bounced off of it but um I still had a really great time playing it. I think um, you can tell like a month, it's probably been since the start of like middle of November that I played it. And like, it just was like bringing me flashes of this like amazing feeling of the movement mechanics. So like um, if you have any access to X cloud, like you have yeah. this game. Um, Dude, I might, I'm watching that trailer right now. It looks very uh, visually appealing. Yes. Um, and I, I imagine... see what you're talking about with the gameplay. It does it like it, it, looks almost like a rhythm type game where you have to kind of like understand when to like shrink and elevate and you know that kind of thing yeah there's a it's definitely a game where you can get into like a flow state like you could in a rhythm game like there is a rhythm to that there's definitely like a, a you know it's almost like i don't know it, rhythm is probably the right word there's a rhythm to the movement and if you get into the rhythm, it's really great to hit that and like just keep it going. Um, it only took me a couple hours to get to what felt like it might have been the end of the game. Um, of course, I, I didn't finish it because I got stuck. But um, And you were playing this on xCloud, so like on your cell phone? No, I played it on xCloud on console. So I, I just streamed it to my TV through my Series X. Weird. So, so how does... I mean, I know how that works, but is that more... I guess, yeah, I mean, if you want to play something and you have fast enough internet connection, why waste your time downloading it when you can just try it right away? So Yeah, that so that sense. was my my thing was like, oh, I'll, I'll try this, and if I like it, maybe I'll install it and, like, play it natively. But the experience was good enough. Like, I have a wired connection for my internet to my Xbox, um, and it's not, 
the game's not like the type of game where you have to have pinpoint execution and it's not like a competitive multiplayer game. Um, so any lag was either imperceptible or just didn't impact my play experience, which is wild. Like it was, it was, I, I, you know, I imagine maybe it would have had higher visual fidelity if I was playing it natively, but it was a pretty much perfect, like one-to-one experience of playing the game. Cool. Um, um I want to, so Artful Escape, I'm... <clears throat> I feel like I need to at least try this one. I have it installed on my PC right now because I I primarily I have Xbox Game Pass, but I primarily use it on my PC, mm-hmm. um, which I think has to change soon because I really don't like PC gaming, man. And I'll we'll talk about Halo Infinite in a little bit, um, and I can get into that more. But um, the Art of Escape looks really cool. I am one of few people who live in minnesota yet hate bob dylan since he was like born in duluth or whatever everybody mm. gets a boner about bob dylan mm-hmm. here it seems like but i'm not really a big fan of him do you think i would kind of enjoy i like the art style and the idea i do like you know classic rock and stuff i wonder if that would be enough to push me through it yeah i think um the game is about living in the shadow of a famous person and I just got Bob Dylan vibes from the character that you live in the shadow of. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I've heard that comparison. So I wasn't surprised to hear you say that because I've heard a lot of people say uh, it's very Bob Dylan-y, especially at the beginning. And I I wonder, I've also heard it kind of almost feels like a history of rock and roll kind of lesson as you progress through it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I like, you have to understand, I like just barely got the verb of the game, if at all. Um, and so like, I am eager to get back to it just to see how the game advances and like breaks into what the actual gameplay is because I, I basically played through like the prologue. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll definitely have to give it a shot um, and see how I feel about it. That's the other thing about game pass that's a good and bad thing. I feel like you can try anything. So if something doesn't hit you almost instantly, um, you can bounce off of it, which, you know, that's, that's a good and a bad thing. It's cool to have so much stuff available at your fingertips anytime, but it's also kind of a downfall because like, for example, I played the forgotten city and the reason I didn't put that on my large list of games to talk about is because mm-hmm. I only played it for like 30 minutes and I was like, well, this doesn't really, uh, you know, flow for me or it doesn't seem like something I would enjoy because it's basically like a, uh, narrative game where you just kind of walk around and talk to people, which is not really my thing, but I've heard the story is super interesting. And I had the same thing with, uh, outer worlds right or outer wilds outer Outer wilds yeah yeah where i just kind of bounced off of it because i didn't really care for the gameplay and i think sometimes when you don't have that financial investment that you're like i spent fucking 30 bucks on this or 60 bucks on it or whatever like you're less likely to see it to its end yeah well i think um this just makes me think of all the conversations around the way that spotify and other music streaming services have like impacted the way pop songs are written so yeah. that they have a really impactful first hook at the start. Like they basically like move the hook to the very beginning of the song to try and catch the listener's attention and keep them listening so that the streaming royalties hit. Sure. Um, and I think there have been, when xCloud was first brought up as like a possibility and like the streaming future was being much hyped, like some people were talking about like, how does this change the incentive structure for game developers and game designers and how will it like eventually impact the way games are designed, right? Because I think if I had dropped $60 on Kingdom Hearts 3, would I have stuck out the game? Like I I put a lot of, I mean, I put hours into it, probably not more than 10, but like I played through two worlds of Kingdom Hearts 3 and just, it was not clicking. Um, which is really sad because growing up, that was like literally one of my favorite game series. Um, but well, they sh- maybe shouldn't have taken so damn long to come out with the third one. 
I know if only I had not been a 32 year old man trying yeah, to play this exactly. game, literally yeah. twice the age I was when I played kingdom hearts two. <laughs> exactly, dude. That's um, not on you. Well, uh, but, but I think the, the point is important, right? Of this idea of like, now that games are going to be part of this streaming ecosystem, they almost have to, uh, be all killer, no filler or whatever it is yep, to, to exactly. quote, uh, some band's album name um i'm bad at the quotations lately but um a game that i didn't bounce off of on game pass was halo infinite and the halo infinite multiplayer beta that came out a couple weeks before the campaign um have you been playing that too so i've only played a bit of it um and that kind of comes to my bitching about playing on uh, pc just in general like uh the only reason i've played a little bit of it is because the day it launched i actually had the day off of work and i was like just serendipitously had the day off i didn't plan for it or anything and mm-hmm. so i was super stoked about it and i kept updating or kept like closing out of and reopening the xbox app like waiting for the install to prompt me to install it because every time i opened it i would go to like campaign and it would say on october or on you know, oh right December yeah. 8th you can do this and I'm like well it's not letting me so it turned out I had to like close out of that and then go to the windows updates and update the app and then open it and re like update the Xbox app or the game itself or install the extra like 29 gigabytes or whatever it was that contained the um the campaign portion so I didn't end up playing it until like super late that day so i played it for like 10 minutes maybe and then my mm-hmm. system wasn't running appropriately like it was super laggy so i had, i like barely made it into the past the intro cutscene, mm-hmm. and then the next day i had something else happen so i have yet to i finished like the first mission i basically you know how you go back onto the ship you fell out of and then back yeah. onto the ship you just got onto uh that's where i'm at okay yeah i um I was blown away by the visuals and the cutscenes. Yeah, I haven't, I don't think I've seen enough to really share that sentiment. And it's kind of, again, like I'm playing on my gaming laptop, which has a 2060 Ti or whatever in it. And uh, so it's decent. Um, and it has like ray tracing and all the bells and whistles. But uh, I don't think I'm playing on, since I'm not playing on like a large TV or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think I notice it as much. Um, but also I'm so like right at the beginning parts of the game. I think that might be part of the reason why I haven't been astounded quite yet by the graphics. The gameplay is super fun and it's definitely um, it's enjoyable. I'll definitely be going back to it for sure. Have you finished it or where are you at? Oh, I'm still pretty early on in it. Um, I'm like, I, I don't think it's like a spoiler or anything to say that the game turns into basically an Assassin's Creed type open world map after you clear the yeah. first couple intro missions. I've heard that, yeah. Um, and I am in the first full mission in the open world section. I'm like, I checkpointed in the middle of it over the weekend and then haven't gotten back to close it out. Gotcha. Um, I think... I have a, I. Halo's like a big series for me. Probably not as big as it seems like it is for Angie. But like back in the day, like my friend and I from high school would just sit and like wax philosophical about why Halo 2 was the best game ever made and stuff. So like I have thoughts about Halo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And my favorite Halo experience is, I can't think of the name of the level, so I'm going to Google it. But in Halo 2, when you when the fight comes to earth, right? This is the big hype, exciting thing as they were teasing Halo 2 is that the covenant were going to come to earth and you have to come fight them. And it turned out that that was one mission basically in all of Halo 2. But that one mission is one of my favorite things of all time. Um, It is the mission called outskirts. I should have known. Um, And so Outskirts is this urban warfare environment, basically, where you start out 
in like enclosed hallway, close counter, like narrow space, and then eventually end up driving a tank down the highway and getting into a giant open air fight against a giant scarab tank or whatever they're called. Um, and it just like takes you from small scale all the way out to huge scale. And there's all of these amazing like ways of like basically like shortcutting or like finding your way onto rooftops and like sneaking around and getting out of the actual combat loop. Um, I still remember exactly where you would go to find the skull in that level. Like I just love it so much. Um, and I think to a lot of people, that is not what the Halo games are known for. I think a lot of people think of Halo and I think Bungie and potentially 343 think of Halo as the game where they invented levels that are sandboxes, right? You get to get in a vehicle and drive around in a giant sandbox and, oh, over here's a whole squadron of elites and grunts and a couple brutes and their AI is good enough where it's going to play out differently every time you come up on them. Like every time you retry this checkpoint, the fight's going to be a little bit different and you're going to have to improvise and react to what they're doing. Um, and I think Halo Infinite is the logical extension of the sandbox level where now you have a sandbox world map that you're going into. Yeah, um, makes sense. I, I don't have a lot of history with Halo. I, like, I played a ton of Halo 3 but and really enjoyed the t- campaign despite the fact that I have no idea what it was about at all. Um, Neither do I, and I claim to like Halo, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I might go back and, well, I mean, who knows, but I might I would like to go back and play through the original, like the remastered trilogy or what do they call it? The, oh yeah halo game. master chief collection well i yeah. i believe that a lot of those have online co-op support and i would unlike halo infinite and don't even get me started about that although they so mm, uh, john i could go on forever i've been talking a lot long story short highlight of halo infinite so far was i was driving a ghost and i came upon like a really big ridge and i saw down the ridge that there was just like a whole like little encampment of enemies and I just shot in this vehicle off the side of this ledge, landed and like ran through and splattered an elite and then like cleared the little area out. And it was like, oh yeah, this, this could be good. Yeah. Um, and also the grappling hook's incredible. It um, is cool. I, yeah. Have you been playing a lot of the multiplayer? Not like, you have to understand, like for me, a lot of Halo multiplayer is, oops, I stayed up all night and I'm going to call in sick to work. Oh, I so, understand. Like, um no i'm not playing a lot um i did have a couple beers over the weekend and decide i was gonna pay the nine dollars for the battle pass for the season um and um i'm i i as much as you have to understand like i'm pretty high on the single player right now and i think like mechanically the multiplayer is really fun um i'm glad that they're taking people's feedback really seriously i'm eager to if nothing comes up after this recording i'm just going to try and jump on because i think as of today they've finally added dedicated slayer playlists along with swat and a couple other things that i really want to dig into um i don't really like any of the new weapons and i don't understand why i would pick them up yeah i haven't even gotten far enough in the i haven't played any of the multiplayer i may someday jump on there but as y'all know i'm not much of a multiplayer person anyway so um but i haven't gotten far enough in the campaign to have any like concept of what their new weapons are i just had the base gun that you the standard like the halo gun and Mm -hmm. uh the needler which has always been one of my favorites the needler is good in this game so i I should walk my statement back in case we get any hate mail. I think the Covenant Stalker rifle feels really good and is fun to shoot with. Um, there's like a anti-vehicle sniper rifle that shoots a, a giant like harpoon through them and one hit kills anything it hits, but has a really slow reload and only has one bullet in the chamber. I think that gun is fun. Um, I mostly have beef with this gun called the Commando rifle, which is like this... I don't know guns enough to know, but it's like 
a version of the battle rifle that like if you hold the trigger down it just keeps firing but it fires one shot at a time and i just don't think it's useful at all um i think it's useful in a context where other players don't have i mean I, people are killing me with the the sidearm pistol before i'm getting them with this gun because the <laughs> knockback is so bad That's it has the line. worst recoil of all time um <laughs> And so I hope they patch it and make it a little bit more worth picking up, especially since one of the weekly quests was get 15 kills with it, which like made my eyes go red with anger. So um, how do you, yeah, how do you, I've heard a lot of negative feedback about that aspect. And I would say overwhelmingly the feedback of, or the criticism for uh, um, Halo Infinite is has been positive, you know, but I have heard a lot of the, people complain about the dailies or weeklies being like get a certain number of kills with the weapon that you hate using or whatever. I mean, that is exactly one. Um, and, and beyond that, um, there are some that I just don't, they don't feel realistic to get. One was like rescue a teammate who's about to die from long range by killing the enemy that's about to kill them five times. (laughs) And I was like, Five How do times, you huh? end up in that situation five times? Like, and you have to understand if you don't buy the battle pass, you only have three weeklies going at once and you have to clear them out or use a consumable item that you earn in the battle pass or buy to like swap them out. Um, I think it, I don't, I haven't done a ton of battle passes, but I, it doesn't reward you for in-game performance, generally speaking. Um, it, it pales in comparison to what I've seen out of Fortnite and out of, um, especially Apex Legends was the last one that I like really got into a battle pass season four, but that was a couple years ago. It was like their first battle pass. Um, and I'm hoping, because apparently when these new multiplayer maps, uh, not multiplayer maps, multiplayer playlists got added, um, it seems like they did add some more changes to the battle press progression, and I'm hoping that it helps. Anyways, um, I've been talking a lot. I would love to hear. So I'm seeing in your list two games that I really, really want to hear about. Oh, let me guess which ones they are. Uh, Death's Door. Yes. Especially since I think it just came out on Switch, right? Uh, did it? It came out on PlayStation. I think Switch sure and um, I think Death Store yeah, right. just came out and Chicory came out today on Switch, which is oh, gotcha. Yeah, I saw Chicory did, and now I'm torn whether I'm going to play that on PlayStation or I've heard Chicory is way better if you have or people have played it or I've heard play it say it would be ideal for Switch because of the touchscreen. Oh yeah, if they have touchscreen integration. So yeah, Death Store you know, is I'm on a Switch. Trophy horse. So, what's right, the other one you're interested in hearing about? Hot Wheels Unleashed. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Well, we'll start there. It's a. I was very surprised, and we'll talk about our Game Awards reactions here in a little bit. But I was very surprised that it won Narrative of the Year, and not that the story is bad, but it's not. Uh. I wouldn't say it's outstanding. It's a good story, but it's not, especially with uh, Life is Strange True Colors. I didn't play that game, but I heard the story was outstanding in that game. Um, and just mm. some other um, narrative games that are out there this year. I can definitely see why Guardians of the Galaxy was nominated, but I am surprised that it won. Um, I, a lot of people don't like the combat. The way it works is you control Star-Lord, um, or Peter and mm-hmm. um, you, it does give you a good part of his backstory. If you're not familiar, which I was not with the guardians of the galaxy, it does give you a good um, backstory of like how he came to be where he's at and what exactly how he got into the, into outer space from earth and stuff like that. So that part's cool. Um, but the combat you control, Peter, you, Basically, your four um, other peeps are with you and they have special powers that basically they accrue as you progress through the games. 
game and you can upgrade um, as you get um, points through combat and such. Mm. So it's basically like your standard action RPG um, setup. Um, but the way that you you just basically you can't control the other characters, but you can command them. So you basically like select a thing to attack and then pick which attack you're going to use that Groot has or um, Gamora has or whatever, you know what I mean? And then each of the other ancillary characters also has like a special um, move or whatever that helps you traverse the area. So like Groot can build bridges with his uh, tree trunks and Gamora, you can, can help you like launch higher up walls and stuff like that. So um, the, I enjoyed the combat a lot. I thought the balance of like controlling star Lord, as well as like making commands to your other party members, it kind of reminded me of uh, dragon age inquisition, except for in dragon age, you can actually control your other characters, but um, Mm. the, and like I said, the story is good. Uh, I enjoyed the combat a good bit. The game is probably just like five or not five or six, probably like four hours longer than it needed to be. Um, okay. it's, it doesn't really, it just overstays it. It's welcome. It could have been like 75% of what it is. And you, the other thing is you don't, you go back to like the same area, like three times. So it's like, you go there and then you go back and then you go back again. And it's like, couldn't you have wrapped this up a little bit in a, nicer little put a little tighter bow on it or something so um i would recommend playing it but it's uh yeah with those things in mind but uh you know it's on sale so for uh what do you call it black Black friday Friday? yeah it was like 25 or 30 bucks right yeah so i i that's where most of these games came from was like i was on that uh you know black friday push i sent a link out as a last minute birthday present suggestion when it dropped to thirty dollars right before my birthday but it did not show up in any of the gifts oh too bad yeah Maybe next um, year, man. i actually did um get my memory jogged that i have one other thing that i think um i just want a quick shout out sure i downloaded the unreal engine 5 matrix demo oh the yeah matrix awakens yeah um and even though it's like just barely got gameplay in it, if anyone has a Series X or PS5, I would highly recommend checking it out. It is stunning. Oh, I didn't know it was available on anything other than the uh, other than PC. Yeah, it's it's on both um, next gen systems, and like it just makes me so excited about what is about to come once yeah. more people get into unreal engine five and that's all. Um, also yeah. it, it is like very wry and has like a good sense of humor um, and is like super self-aware and fun, if, especially if you like the matrix. Um, yeah. I'm kind of excited for the new one to come out, man. I'll my, probably watch anything with Keanu in it. My friends and I are trying to rewatch uh, the original trilogy to get excited about it. We just did our rewatch of the first one and, uh, hopefully we're going to watch the other two this weekend. Does it hold up? I haven't seen it in several years. First Matrix movie is a masterpiece. I get more out of it every time I see it. I get other things out of it every time I see it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. The last time I watched it, which was considerably after it came out. Uh, fuck, I was in high school when that game came out. Or that movie came out. Uh, I was like, damn, this is still really good. Um, I was... 10 nice (laughs) way to make me feel old asshole it gave me nightmares and i slept on my parents floor of their bedroom (laughs) that's awesome dude oh that's funny um well yeah uh the next game john will be talking about today is death's door which uh we just talked about um how would you explain this man like uh it's kind of an, it, or not kind of, it is an isometric uh, action game. You traverse this area. There's no map, which makes it very confusing. 
um, where you are and where you've been and where you should go. Um, but you're basically death and you've been assigned to track down a soul, but then somebody steals that soul before you can track it down. So then you basically have to go after these other four souls and, or no, three souls. And once you collect those, then you can pass through death's door. And I don't know, there's spoilers if I go too far into like what the story is, but it's very interesting. The music is phenomenal it is oh, so really? good yes if you like orchestral uh soundtracks it is awesome i literally like i played this during the rona and uh <laughs> i listened to it non-stop for like three days straight i like fell asleep to it it was it's so soothing yet like energetic at the same time it is it's so freaking good so if you have spotify or uh apple music i i just i know for a fact it's on spotify because that's what the service i use but Mm -hmm. check out the death store soundtrack because it's it's fantastic and that was like the music set the mood and then uh for this just like fantastic exploration game where you're this crow and you get different weapons and you have different magical attacks. Like, uh, you can like shoot a bow and arrow and that helps you traverse different areas and open secrets. So you, there's a lot of like backpedaling and you know, I am with Metroidvania. So, um, that had me also, I did hear that it was going to be a easy game to platinum. And I completely disagree with that. I think I'm only at like 37% on the trophies and it would take at least another playthrough to, like get the platinum so i don't really oh, plan I on hate doing that, that because i i would have anticipated it would have been a hard game to platinum just because it looks like it's kind of in that dark souls e yeah lineage of challenging games and- i agree with you and i'm with you on that like and it is definitely challenging it's not i never wanted to like throw my controller through the wall or anything like it does remind me of a dark souls game where it's just challenging. Like you just have to figure it out. And if you make an error or don't figure out the boss or the enemy that you're facing, it'll fuck you up. Like, and that's all there is to it. So, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend Death Door. Another thing I was not, or I was kind of surprised it did not win indie game of the year or a little bit disappointed that it didn't win indie game of the year. Cause I t- thought it totally, um, deserved it. And I hope, a lot of people are playing it because it very much deserves its accolades. Uh, then what ended up taking home indie game of the, well, we can get into that later. Yeah. I'm looking it up as we speak. I played also, I have Apple arcade and I think I must've, so you played my switch or something. So I played what the golf on Apple arcade. Yeah. Which is a really fun game. If you've never played it, it just takes like, the concept of golf and applies it to a bunch of random things in a so bunch of creative I, ways. I played it on Apple Arcade when I had Apple Arcade as like a free trial for a bit. Only for like one evening or like two evenings. And I think it's so creative and smart, especially like early on. There's a level where they turn golf basically into a side scrolling platformer, like a 2D platformer. Yeah. Um, and then I just got bored with it because i was like oh it's all just going to be more of this um but i think it's i think it's so cool i just like i was like oh like i understand the point of this and didn't feel the need to like stick with it so have you been sticking with it oh yeah i finished it uh from i mean i didn't do the way it works is like each hole that you play um you could it's like play one, two, one. and three stars, right? Yeah, exactly. You play it once and you're just like playing it to finish it. Like you just get through it however you get through it. The second one has a like par where you usually have to complete it in a uh, under a certain number of strokes. So like it's so weird that you can't even explain it. Like the second or third level, you like pull back like you're swinging a golf club and you're a guy and the guy like does his backswing and then when you press forward to like shoot like instead of hitting the ball the dude just flies through the air mm-hmm. so that's I, like, I, kind I, of like the humor in it is spectacular it is it is really good man and it had me kind of like 
not like rolling off my seat laughing, but like at least like snickering to myself. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and then the four or the third aspect of each hole is usually some random take on the concept of that particular hole. And it's, I mean, if you think about that, that's, I guess, two distinct concepts of on each hole. And there are tons, like, I mean, at least over a hundred. So I just think it's very clever and creative what they did with it, because you would think that the concept gets kind of tiring over time. And I think the fact that it's on Apple Arcade and those, most of us have our phones with us all the time is why I finished it because I'm like, oh, I'm in the elevator. I'm going to play two holes. You know what I mean? And so eventually I got to the end of it. So uh, if you have Apple Arcade, it's really fun. And then uh, I'm playing this game called Clap Hands Golf, which if you are familiar with uh, Hot Shots Golf or Mm. Everybody's Golf, which came out on PlayStation 4 a couple years ago, a few years ago, Um, it's from Clap Hands is the developer for those games. And it is just the i've always had a huge uh space in my heart for hot shots golf i grew up with hot shots golf 2 on like ps2 i think we had it me and my buddies would play it all the time back in the day and my friend and i in college would play hot shots 3 so um it's always had a hold a close place in my heart and uh this is just kind of adapted to you know, a touchscreen and I don't really love the touch controls, but I think they've made it so that you can use a controller. I haven't tried that yet, but it looks like from the settings menu, there is a place for you to use or to like set controls for a controller. So I'm going to try it out on the, uh, backbone that I have one of these days. Nice. Yeah. And then hot wheels unleashed. I had to get that because my son's super into hot wheels. Well, both of us are, I'm using it I'm using having a toddler as being a, as an excuse to buy a bunch of cool shit that I never had when I was a kid, like Hot Wheels. So uh, it's cool, man. I haven't played a racing game for a long time, and I, I do like getting into them from time to time. And same, I bought Riders Republic, and I'll talk about that, like both of these just briefly. These are just like kind of genres I do like to dive into on occasion, you know? Like, I don't know about you, but when it's like wintertime, sometimes I just want to play a snowboarding game for a couple hours. So uh riders republic was on sale as well as hot wheels unleashed so i just picked those up for just kind of like again kind of like the um what the golf game if you have like 20 minutes to play a game you don't really want to jump into something with uh a lot of depth like guardians of the galaxy or death's door then you have like these games to just be kind of more like mellow and chill games to play yeah talk Uh, to me about the hot wheels unleashed game because i heard it's actually like really good it is really good man it's very challenging too uh from a racing game standpoint you get so you start with a certain number of cars just kind of like these basic cars and you earn coins and you also earn like bolts and you can use the coins to either buy blind boxes or um to buy there's like timed uh cars that you can buy each day or whatever there's uh like five cars that you can buy and they range from 500 coins to 2000 coins obviously they the rarity increases or you can get the blind box each blind box is 500 coins um and you can use those to buy so you can use buy buy blind boxes or you can use the coins save the coins up to buy one of the like daily special boxes that um you that come by so and then you get awarded blind boxes for completing certain paths so you just keep going through the little hot wheels world and as you complete each task you when you reach the end of like one line of tasks you or one line of races or whatever you earn usually like bolts or yeah bolts nuts and bolts, whatever it is, and coins, and then usually a blind box. So that's how you like accrue cars. And then you can use the bolts or nuts or bolts, whatever they are, cogs. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. Uh, You can use those to upgrade your cars. So, um, but it's fun, man. And it, it is super challenging. You really have to, you can't just like kind of gun it through. You can't just hold down R2 and gas your way through each level and then find yourself at the end 
in first place. Like it's, it's very challenging even against the AI. I haven't played it online, but um, yeah, it's, it's challenging, but fun. Cool. Yeah. You. And then riders Republic. I think we know what that is. You can like ride a mountain bike. I haven't gotten far in that one either yet. So maybe I'll play that more and we'll talk about it next week or next time we record. Oh, and then I pre-ordered the analog pocket, which I'm pretty stoked about. Sorry if I I'm stoked I'm for like, you about it. I knew you would be, which is why I brought it up because I knew if any of us would be excited other than myself, it would be you. I was like so close to pulling the trigger on trying to pre-order it when it first went up last year during COVID, I think. I was like oh, at yeah. work looking at it and then I missed the window on it. I know. Um, Me too, man. And I was afraid they were, I was talking to Allie, my wife about them, and we were... Uh, looking at them on eBay and they were going for 1400 bucks on eBay. And the, keep in mind, these things are $220. So well, and that's about, after uh, they increased the price for this round of pre-orders. Yeah. Well, and like we, so Allie pre-ordered them too, and she got like two of them in a dock for, and I got one. So we're going to have extras to sell or send back or whatever. So um, nice. if you change your mind and you want one, just let me know. Well, you were saying Allie's like the expert shopper. Right? Yeah, but believe it or not, I actually managed to check out before she did somehow. So I got oh, look at you. Conference. You're learning from the master. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I'll, well, yeah, that's about all I wanted to talk about. I'll keep you posted on that. I've heard of uh, I've heard tell of people who can manufacture. Um, every everyone from legal, stop listening. Um, I've heard tell of like cartridges that can encapsulate many games. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that it would operate one of those and then I would be interested in having one. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, it 100% would be able to uh, use one of those because the like G, the GBA I have can do that. Like, um, I'm pretty sure the Metroid Fusion dis- or cartridge I have is pirated and I'm hoping that maybe the analog pocket will handle it differently than the uh, actual GBA and not blow up my save. So I don't have to start all over again, but that's Mm -hmm. besides the point. So on to the news we are. So, Chris, you said you didn't have a chance to watch the Game Awards. I didn't. I um, I experienced it by reading us uh, all of the news and uh, announcements and award winners article uh, the morning after, um, which is a way I think a lot of people experience the Game Awards. Am I wrong about that? I don't know, man. I think... Uh... I got to say, I think next year I will be right there with you because it was like, have you watched it live before? Not since it was on like Spike TV Spike or TV when <laughs> it was the VGAs or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just so like all award shows are pretty long, like the Oscars is like three or four hours, right? Um but this one is three hours and it's nonstop. So you just feel, you don't know where Mm. the like announcement stops and the commercials begin, because if we're being honest with ourselves, we're just watching a bunch of commercials interspersed with some awards. So like you watch, like it'll be like world premiere and then they'll show something and then that'll end and then they'll show like a couple more things and you're like well is this the commercial break or is this part of the show like Mm -hmm. because it's all video game related so then you're just spending three hours of time where you feel like you can't even like look away from your tv screen because you're going to miss something so it basically just kind of stressed me out because i was afraid i was going to miss something so i just felt like i couldn't even go refill my water um Mm. but i guess i wasn't really I was pretty underwhelmed, I guess. I I thought Jeff Keighley was kind of hyping it up quite a bit, and mm-hmm. I don't think that it matched the hype that he was setting. I don't know if there's something that you were particularly excited about. 
Um, I was intrigued by some of the announcements that were made. Um, just like hearing that, that I think a while ago there was a rumor that, um, a new Star Wars narrative game was going to be coming out from the people at Quantic Dream. And I yeah, guess yeah. that got confirmed with the Star Wars Eclipse game, which is fascinating. Um, I, I I think this is where they premiered that um, Unreal Engine 5 Matrix Awakens demo, yep. which looked, uh, I, I obviously like was really happy to get a chance to get hands on with that um, myself, but you know, I, I'm sure it maybe popped pretty well at the event. I don't know if it did or didn't. Um, but I think, like, weirdly, the game that was <laughs> that stood out the most to me <laughs> was um, Dune Spice Wars. Nice. Uh, a lot of people is... were, like, stoked about that, man. So uh, hit a little bit of game history. Like, the one of the first ever RTS games, if not the game that invented the real-time strategy game, was Dune 2, which is, like, an 80s PC game. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Um, and so I just think it's really cool to have the lineage of like Dune and strategy games continue on. Um, I, I used to say Dune is my favorite book. I, it probably still is, but, um, I just, I think like that was a really kind of funny surprise thing to see. Otherwise, like, you know, just in scrubbing through all of the things in the article that we're looking at, which is from CNET, I think they had like a live blog from Daniel Van Van Boom, Van Boom. Um, just live blogging it out. Yeah, um, a lot of these are like follow ups on things we already knew about. I think the really big moment was um, it looks like uh, is it what's the name of the dev company? It starts with the M um, that did Shadow of Mordor and Shadow yeah. of War. Damn doing that weird. wonder woman game supposedly yep. going to have the nemesis system in it um i think the nemesis system is like brilliant and i trust them to make really good combat in a video game so i think they'll handle wonder woman's combat really well especially since it is sword based and whip based and shield based like those are all like the shadow of mordor and shadow of war games like have sword based combat so i think there'll be a natural progression there yep monolith is the studio. monolith thank you i knew it started with an m it was really bugging me yeah. um the one thing that's standing out to me is like the quote-unquote new announcements from this were all very much like big ip getting games announced for them which is never like i'm always going to be more excited for a brand new ip or a new indie game than i am for like you can finally experience the world of the expanse in a telltale style adventure game. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, which is one of the announcements that they made. Um, whatever the new version of telltale is, is doing that. Um, and I just don't get as excited when it's like the thing you love, but now video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you at all, man. Uh, I did. I agree. The wonder woman announcement was probably the only thing I can think of that I was like, that sounds sweet. Like I am looking forward to that. Um, oh, not... didn't they announce the delicious last course DLC for Cuphead actually has a release yeah, date? Finally, good point. Good point. Yeah, but, but it's like, like June. We're so. when it's like a three-hour-long award slash announcement showcase. It's like really hard to to pin down in a straightforward way. I guess. Um, yeah. There well, was a narrative trailer for for Elden Ring and like. I am already so excited about that game that like nothing I I don't need any more on it. Like I'm already there, you know? Yep. A hundred percent. And it, um, it looked like there was a pre-show too. And I kind of wish I would have watched that because there, it does look like there was some cool stuff yeah. in there, like a Ch- Texas chainsaw massacre game. And then the release date for tunic, which is March 16th of this next year, which is crazy. I think that's going to game pass right away. Right. It says it's going to Xbox, but I didn't see whether it's a Game Pass right away. Um, so I think it would be we would be remiss to not shout out that it takes two 
wins game of the year from them. Um, yeah. Which was even more incentive to try and play it with my girlfriend, but I have not gotten oh, to that yet. It's uh, AJ and I finally, I think I talked about this a while ago on an episode, but we finally finished that game and it is fantastic, man. So I think it totally, I was surprised that it won, but it absolutely deserves it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And that, that dude, I mean, he makes outside, I mean, Brothers was fantastic. If you've never played Brothers, figure out a way how to play that um, and get ready to cry because it's sad and awesome. Um, I'd never played, uh, what was out, A Way Out? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never played that, but I might have to find a way to do it because I don't think it was nearly as critically acclaimed as Brothers or um, It Takes Two, obviously, but it's still um, uh, that Joseph Ferris and his team know how to make a freaking video game yeah i think it's on game pass through ea play if you have game pass ultimate yeah yeah i saw that but there's no trophies on there i I really wish i wasn't this way but it's unfortunate but Uh, you are yeah but alas um and then that's all we'll say for the game awards you got anything else to say about that no i think that's just good enough good enough uh then we pulled a couple articles. First one about this NFT madness. Chris has opinions. And I, I, dude, I have to look it up now because I, I like know what an NFT is kind of on a very surface level, but I don't understand like the proof of state versus proof of something. And like, there's like cryptocurrency somehow embedded into each NFT. But anyway, first we'll pull this, uh, article from Ethan Gotcha Kotaku, the Ubisoft announced, uh, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago that they were going to put, start putting NFTs in games, starting with uh, breakpoint ghost mm-hmm. recon breakpoint. And I don't remember, nor do I really give a shit what this project was called that they're going to waste. That's what we need, Chris. We need ways to waste more energy on this planet because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're doing just fine in that department. Uh, I believe it's called Quartz with a capital Q. Yeah. Um, but the Ubisoft devs kind of like came out and were also like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, we don't understand why they're making this push. Um, and I, we pulled this. Chris found it over from, like I said, from Ethan Gotch over Kotaku. And I think like from my standpoint, what I find most interesting about this is like devs like aren't just sitting by being like, oh, well, it's a stupid move, but we have a job here, so we have to keep our mouths up and our heads down and just keep working. And I think it's cool that they now feel that they are allowed to like speak their mind and say, no, this is bullshit. Like, this doesn't make any sense. We don't know why this is has a place in, an, in a fucking video game. And then yeah. there's, a, I found this quote funny uh, from skill up who's a youtube game critic i haven't heard of him but i think he's pretty uh pretty popular but he's talking about how people will just uh turn on ghost recon break breakpoint and figure out a way to either bot it or be afk and uh on there for 600 hours to earn a fucking nft so it is it's a hundred percent true man i don't understand where this shit's going and uh, just as a follow-up, um, Axios, uh, I can't think of the dude from Axios who's like the head of their games coverage. Um, I saw this while I was scrolling Twitter. Um, just announced that they were looking at some of these specific NFTs for Breakpoint. The gun NFTs are like being bid off on eBay. And like the range is from like a couple hundred dollars to four hundred thousand dollars asking. Good Lord. And the highest bid is twenty one dollars. Nice. <laughs> so their point is like it's highly speculative nonsense, basically. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> um, really is too, because I don't, I don't, I know each NFT is embedded with some code that gives it some level of value, but I don't know what that level of value is like. Earn or, you know, is it in Ethereum or is it in? like bitcoin is it, you know what i mean like so i don't understand how that taking works. a step back right so like what makes an nft an nft in my loose understanding of it i'm not an expert at all is that it's just a piece of art that's on the blockchain so you know you have the official piece of digital art 
Yeah, but I was I was under the impression that 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 particular code derived from the blockchain is uh, what it correlates to a certain value based on something. Well, it's just that you can sell, you can buy and sell it on a marketplace because yeah. you have like the rights to it. So you can use the blockchain to like do an exchange and therefore it has value because you have a piece of property. What do you exchange property. it for a different NFT? I think I people just like pay, pay money <laughs> in the form of crypto for it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, good times. And I, yeah, anyway, well, maybe I'll read up more on it. No, maybe that's what I'll write my article. Fuck the go- game, my game of the year. I'm going to write next my next article on NFTs. Uh, the other one article you pointed out was uh, from The Verge. Um, Jay Peters over at The Verge points out that Stalker 2, a game that looked freaking awesome. I can't remember what show we saw it at. Uh, recently, but I I think it was the Xbox showcase this summer or something. Yeah, at E3. It, it, like, it got my attention so hard that I have since gone back and watched the original Russian stalker film that inspired the stalker <laughs> video games. Wow, that's which is like dude. a long-ass Russian movie, and it is super good. Yeah. And actually just picked up from the library the book Roadside Picnic that inspired the movie Stalker. Um, wow. which is I a was not expecting Russian science fiction novel. Like that's how it. hyped I was for Stalker 2. It's a first person shooter, right? Yeah, but it's oh my god, that like all of the stuff we saw at E3 was gorgeous. I like couldn't believe it. Yeah, I did. Also dude, one of the you. first Unreal 5 games that's going to be coming out oh, just to bring maybe, it all full circle. Maybe that's why I thought it was cuz I just remember seeing it and being like I don't usually get super excited about first person shooter games, but this one, I was like, holy shit, that looks fantastic. So, but anyway, now they're putting NFTs into it and Stalker Metaverse, which will use blockchain technology to let the community own a piece of Stalker 2. Yeah. So, and um, I don't know, man. I just don't, I, and I should become more well-versed on it because it is becoming more, it's only going to become more common in the gaming uh, community as this, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, I feel like, but it does have um, repercussions as far as like the environment is concerned and wasting energy in a uh, world where we're already fighting. We already have several ways in which we waste plenty of energy every single day. Yeah. Um, we don't need more. So I don't really care for it, but I should probably become well versed on it before I start. I just too much hope. Shit that the frothing gamer backlash that all of the developers trying to shoehorn uh, loot boxes into their games from a couple years ago had yep. is yep. like tenfold for this. Yeah. Like, it's, did, where it's, are the angry fanboys? We got to get them in the streets and cut this shit out. Well, they're the ones, that's the thing, man, is they probably think it's cool. They're okay with the fact that they can leave their computer on for 600 hours and earn a, nft helmet or weapon or whatever it is like you know what i mean because that doesn't cost them that doesn't you're withdrawn from the direct cost of that like that's the whole process with like environmental waste and degradation is like we're withdrawn from the things that we're doing you know what i mean like we don't think about the fact that like oh shit if i leave my computer on for four days like that wastes a shit ton of energy like i just pay the bill and everything's fine like no, it's not. You're creating a huge carbon footprint and that's not ideal. So uh, I don't know. I think that's, but it is, it's interesting because they think it'll build player engagement because they get these rewards. But if your player engagement is 600 hours of somebody sitting idle at a computer or being idle at a computer while they're running about their days doing whatever it is that they do is that really the engagement you want like what is what's the motivation there the person Mm -hmm. bought your game you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me so i guess i don't know whatever man whatever burn the world down for a dollar anyway on that very positive note i think we're about done aren't we i think so too i would love to hear from our listeners if they're excited about nfts and if they want to explain why we're wrong yeah preferably why we're right though yeah yeah i like to hear i'm right more than i'm wrong but of course if you want to throw a you're wrong in there that's fine um 
Anyway, Chris, where can people find you? At VG Occasion on Twitter. Sweet. And uh, send me a DM if you're like in Halo Infinite multiplayer like that, because I need to get some people on my friends list to squat up with. Yeah, and you need to kill 15 people with that gun you don't like. Oh, I, I, I pulled it off. I got that. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good, man. What about you, John? Where can people find you? <laughs> I'm at Johnny Samsonite on Twitter and Nugtats on every gaming platform and Twitch, I think. So you can find me at those places under those names. You can find all of us at uh, MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. You can find Angie at Stellar Smalls and AJ at AJ underscore ID. Um, yes, you can. Feel free to hit us up, podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com or head to our website and then you can leave us a voicemail or text message to 507-291-2991. Woo! And that'll do it. We'll talk to y'all hopefully next week. Maybe in a couple. Who knows? Go Bye. play some games. Bye.